0: Hi, this is episode number one of Big Picture Relationships, and today we are looking a little deeper at the word happy, the different things it can mean, and all the places we can find happiness right here, right now. Thanks for joining us. This is Big Picture Relationships with Elena Jo, a therapist sharing insights, ideas, and real-life pep talks that encourage you to expand your perspective, maybe shift some behaviors, and make the most of real-life relationships so you can live a happy life right now. Hi, I am so glad to talk today about what I mean when I use the word happy. It's really important that this is the first episode we're starting with because I'm going to use that word happy a lot, but I might mean something a little bit different with the term happy than you might think. So let me start with a story, an example. So think of a time in your life that you planned a party or planned a vacation and put tons of work into something, but it's one of your happiest memories. Think, think of a really bright, happy time. One of those things you look back on and still say like, oh my gosh, that was so great. That was such a happy moment. For a story example, let's pretend like you planned a New Year's Eve party. Think about planning a New Year's Eve party carrying it off. It was a great night. Everyone had so much fun. You're so happy with how well it went. So tell me when exactly in planning that party was the happiest? Was it the fact you had to go to two different stores to get the decorations you want and you spent a whole lot more money than you wanted to? Was it the fact that you spent all day cleaning and yelled at your kids to get the house ready so that family and friends could come over and have an enjoyable evening? Was it a day spent cooking? Was it all the time you spent texting or emailing or calling friends and family, coordinating food, answering questions? Now during the party itself, what was the happiest moment? Was it when you were walking around making sure that the food tables were stocked and that nobody was running out of sparkling cider or drinks? Was it the 12 times you pointed out where the garbage can was? And or was it the next day when you were cleaning up and finding cookie crumbs in your couch cushions and kids' soda cans in the bathroom and going through your house and cleaning up all of the detritus left from this party? But yet, it was such a happy and fun moment But if you really try to look back, I mean, sure, you probably had, you know, sparklers at midnight, which you spent a lot of time in getting lighters and making sure everybody was ready and it all went off without a hitch. You know, you had a few bright moments that were really happy in there. But there's something really interesting about the fact that all those things come together for one big, bright, happy memory. This fits the whole big picture idea. And the hard stuff sort of fades to the background and you remember the brightest things, but there weren't necessarily super bright, sparkly, happy moments in there that outweighed all the effort you put into putting together this party or if it's planning a vacation or whatever a big event is. Life is a lot like that. Happiness in our lives is a lot like that. The sort of happiness I'm describing is hard to pinpoint. You can't really hold it in your hands and examine it and talk about what it is because it's a feeling that comes up from this big cumulation of a bunch of different experiences parenting is a lot that way. For those of you who are parents, oh my goodness, the effort and the energy and the lack of identity and the lack of sleep and you lose your clean house and you can't go anywhere without being embarrassed anymore or carrying 700 things with you if you have little kids. That's agony. That's no fun. And yet at the same time, the greatest moments of your life happen. So to those of you who aren't parents, this is really what explains the paradox of your friends who say, oh my gosh, don't have kids, they ruin your life, except that it's the best thing ever. It makes no sense, but there's a sort of happiness that's interwoven amidst all this struggle and all these complications and all these not fun things that we get to do, but accumulate into this happy experience. For those of you who aren't parents, I also think of an example of my job. So I love my job. I love the school where I work. I have been there 16 years. Most of those as a therapist, the last couple years I'm directing a program and I love it. And it makes me so happy. This, this job of mine brings so much happiness to my life. But when exactly is that? Is it, when i'm trying to figure out how to help a boy who doesn't want to be helped and i think about it for days and when i'm washing my hair and driving and sitting quietly in my office trying to get creative and think about how to help someone who doesn't want to be helped is it when i have to step away from my family parties to take phone calls about boys who need to come to my program and that's the best time we can talk or i've got a kid in trouble and i have to leave whatever i'm doing that's fun to make sure he gets the help he needs i can tell you it's not when i'm balancing my budget or putting together a quarterly report for executives, especially when I forget about it till the morning of, which happens regularly. Is it when I get up at 3 a.m. to go get on an airplane and travel away from my family? Now, I love the traveling part, but I take early, early morning flights because I try not to spend one more night away than I want to. So where in there that really everything I just described is pretty much what I do on a day-to-day basis, along with sitting in meetings and having one-on-ones with my staff. What exactly is happy about any of that? I've just described to you a bunch of tasks that are inconvenient and yet pushed all together. I tell you that it, just reading that description makes me so happy. I love what I do. I love my job and it brings me great happiness. So how how do we name that sort of happy? I'll tell you right now that I've been in thesaurus.com, which is my favorite website and most often used. So when I look at the word happy and, and try to find a better alternative to describe what I mean, there really isn't one. Now let me tell you that when you look up the word happy, synonyms for it. About 25% of the synonyms fit what I'm talking about. These are words like contented, glad, peaceful, pleasant, blessed, content, gratified, hopeful. These are the words I want you to keep in mind when I use the term happy. Now, 75% of the synonyms offered are not what I mean, but let me tell you what I'm talking about. Words that say happy is cheerful, delighted, ecstatic, jubilant, overjoyed, thrilled, sparkling, sunny, on cloud nine, poppy, tickled pink. Now, yes, those are great words to describe happy. They are not necessarily the words that I'm using when I talk about happy here. Now, here's an example. You can tell somebody, happy birthday, and you can say it with a zillion emojis in your eyes and wishing them sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and, you know, picturing some explosively beautiful, awesome, top of the world day, happy birthday with fireworks, or and sometimes and you wish somebody happy birthday. Where with happy, you really mean, I hope you have a peaceful day full of meaning and joy with the ones that you love. That's the sort of happy that we are talking about here. So let me tell you a story. When I was a new therapist, I worked with a bunch of girls in this teenage residential treatment. And I always started group therapy with something fun and upbeat to you know, ask a question, get the ball rolling before we're digging in, talking about hard topics and healing and being vulnerable together. So one of my favorites was, if you had three wishes, what would they be? And I have to admit, even at my age now, I still sort of love this question and love to ponder it. And we do this on road trips with my kids. So if I had three wishes, what would they be? And here we are going around the circle and sharing. And I'm sure that one of them I shared with the girls was, I would like a never ending bank account. And I probably wished for like perfect health and body for me and my loved ones. And, you know, wished all these things and world peace. Let's hope that the third one was world peace. So I looked good, but I had a staff, a male staff who worked on that home. And when it became his turn to, to chime in about what his three wishes would be, he would be, he said, I only have one wish. I would wish to be content no matter my circumstance, because if I was content with what I had, I wouldn't need more wishes. I would always be happy where I'm at and with what I had. Now, this was a bothersome answer to 20-something Elena. Um, I've always been a type A achiever. I'm always looking for how to make something bigger and better and, you know, make more, do more, create more. So this idea really chafed me at the time, and I probably thought some not-so-nice things about him for putting a wrench in my plans and making us all look bad as we're (laughs) listing our three wishes and what we'd want. But the 30-something Elena has really seen the wisdom in an answer like that. And I think it helps that our culture is starting to go that way. You see a whole lot more blog posts or books about contentment. And one that always comes across my feed that I love is something along the lines of, what if I'm content with a mediocre life? Like people write about that sort of stuff. Um, This is newer and I don't know, maybe all those authors are getting older like me. But I really see the wisdom and the joy that comes from prioritizing contentment over seeking that sparkly wow factor and blissful sort of happy, you know, top-notch, sparkly, best day ever sort of feeling. Now, don't worry, I'm not anti-happiness that's the sparkly sunshine rainbows kind. I love that. Those are beautiful moments. And I, as well as I hope that you have a whole pocket full of those memories you can take out that were top-notch 10 out of 10 those are happy for sure and we need those benchmarks and those touch points to hang on to but if we reserve our definition of happiness for only those blissful beautiful top of the line moments we are missing out on the other part of happiness that's content and quiet and glad and peaceful and gratified and hopeful so i challenge you today as you're sitting here thinking about what happiness means to you I really challenge you to start to look for a content, peaceful, quiet, sort of happy that fits in the spaces and the cracks and the crevices of your own life. In between the hard moments and whatever is going on for you, there are little snippets of happy, snippets of content, pieces and parts of things that fill you up. Start to look for them. Because no matter how your own struggles go, whether you are in a big season of struggle or a small season of struggle, because we have them all, There are those peaceful places that show up along the way. Notice them. Now, our brains from our earliest caveman days are wired to be risk averse. What kept us alive back in the age of evolving to where we're at brain-wise today is the fact that we cataloged things like, oh, don't go by that tiger's den. Don't step on that deadly plant. And, And we know, I mean, I won't go on. I'm not an anthropologist, but this idea that our brains are wired to notice all the bad things and to hold on to them and keep track of them, that we're just wired that way. It's bound to happen, but that doesn't mean that has to happen here and now today. Fight back. If you want a happier life, this is quote unquote happier. Remember, think of our new term. If you want a more content life, you have to work hard to notice, appreciate, and relish the good things around you. There's a reason that the latest research is showing that grateful people are the happiest people. I'm sure I'll do a whole episode about that, so I won't go into it now at this time. But gratitude is a powerful way to notice the glad, the quiet, the steady, uh, the peaceful things that bring joy in your life. Now, I'll say that it's hard and almost impossible when you're upset, when you're already in a negative or even fight or flight frame of mind, to sit down And try to think of all the things you're grateful for. It's really, really hard to do that. Now you can, if you can make yourself do that, you can turn around a bad mood pretty quickly. But the sort of gratitude that I'm talking about is a way to preemptively build this sort of quiet and content happiness in your life. So if you can take a few moments each day and write down, and it could be in your phone notes, maybe you just think about them. If you're really busy, I don't want to give you something you have to do. But if you take a moment and start noticing things you're grateful for, this is what I mean by filling in all the cracks and crevices of your life with happy things. For example, you might think, I am so grateful for clean water. We turn on the tap, and we don't even think about it. I'm grateful for the smell of my shampoo and what a great start to the day that is, or grateful for sunlight through windows. Start looking around and noticing those types of happy. They are everywhere. As a takeaway from this episode, if you would like to see an example of a gratitude list, I am going to put one together and I'll have it available on the show notes of my website. I'm probably going to have to make it a download because it might get a little personal and I don't necessarily want Google bots finding that floating around about me out there on the internet, but you are welcome to see an example of a gratitude list like what I'm talking about by going to the show notes at elenajoe.co. While you're trying to find that new contentment in your life, let me warn you against what I think is a really big problem in our society. Somewhere along the way, we developed this idea that we need to achieve happiness the same way that we would achieve a New Year's resolution. We feel like it's something that's just within our grasp, and if we could just reach a little harder, try a little more, that we can achieve happiness soon and have this blissful existence. And we think we know exactly what happy is going to look like. And we think we know all the steps to get there. We fall into this trap of feeling like our happy place is going to be a bigger house, a fitter body, kids who don't fight, a partner who makes us happy, who completes us, you know, who is like our other half. We think that if we try hard enough and are patient enough and self-denying enough that we will get there. But in the meantime, we will settle for the breadcrumbs of happy moments that come our way while we're trudging along, waiting for our happy place to materialize. And I am here today to grant you freedom from that trap and freedom from the pursuit of happiness. Now, if you know this line, it's the most famous phrase in my country's Declaration of Independence. We're granted unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But I think we've twisted that to mean something different in this day and age. And if we are constantly pursuing happiness in the form of these top tier cloud nine moments, we miss out on so much quiet joy that is right here, right now in front of us. I beg you not to miss out on 95% of your life because you're pursuing some sunny, jubilant version of happiness and feeling like you're going to get there. And then you can relax and live your life and things will be happy. Here is my passion. Your happy place is all in your perspective. There are so many things out of your control in this life and they're never going to be in your control, especially when you are in relationships with other people. So happiness to me is accepting that messy reality in front of you, stepping back to appreciate its big picture potential and not getting overwhelmed by hyper-focusing and getting lost in the quicksand of what's happening right now in front of you that's hard. If you can develop the skills and the habit of letting the life that you're actually living fill you up, you will be happy in this content, joyous, glad, peaceful, hopeful sort of way. And it is a beautiful feeling. I hope that each of you can start looking around your real life today looking for the small things you're grateful for, looking for moments of a content sort of happy that glisten amidst the trials and amidst the really bright, sparkly, noticeably happy moments. Enjoy those. Look for more of those intermediate moments around you and see if your overall feeling of the content sort of happy increases. I would love to hear about it. Let me know how it goes for you. And thanks so much. I want to close with a happy hack. This is something I want to do. It's sort of random, but there are things that I find that are small that really make me happy. And so I'll tell you number one today, save your cardboard and paper shopping bags that have hard sides and use them as a garbage in your car, whether it's shopping bags. And I can only think of the expensive stores that give them out. So like Madewell, Nordstrom. Any store that gives you one of those perfectly square-shaped bags with a handle, they make the best car garbages, but so do gift bags you don't like, you know, the ones you're not going to reuse. I confess, I fold up most gift bags that I get and I reuse them, but some of them... Are ugly or embarrassing, and you're not going to ever re gift them. So save them and use them as garbage bags. Even paper grocery sacks work really well. So I drive a mom van, and it is always, am- I'm amazed at how much, I don't know how garbage makes its way into my car like that. But even if you don't drive a van, maybe you will commute to work and you don't have to worry about kids in your front seat. It could go right on the floor over there by you. So happy hack for today. Be good to the earth and reuse those shopping bags as the perfect car garbage can. All right, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Visit www.elainajo.co for show notes and random photos, along with any handouts mentioned in this episode. Find ElenaJo.co on Instagram for daily big picture reminders and join the big picture email list for an occasional pick-me-up in your inbox from Elena Joe. Thanks for joining us.